Welcome back to The Daily Poem, a podcast from Goldberry Studios. I'm Sean Johnson, and today is Friday, October 27th, 2023. It was also the birthday of Welsh poet Dylan Thomas. I'll be reading one of his poems today, entitled, And Death Shall Have No Dominion. I'll read it once, offer a few remarks, and then read it a second time. And Death Shall Have No Dominion. And death shall have no dominion. Dead man naked they shall be one, with the man in the wind and the west moon, when their bones are picked clean and the clean bones gone. They shall have stars at elbow and foot. Though they go mad, they shall be sane. Though they sink through the sea, they shall rise again. Though lovers be lost, love shall not, and death shall have no dominion. And death shall have no dominion. Under the windings of the sea, they lying long shall not die windily twisting on racks when sinews give way, strapped to a wheel, yet they shall not break. Faith in their hands shall snap in two, and the unicorn evils run them through. Split all ends up, they shan't crack, and death shall have no dominion. And death shall have no dominion. No more may gulls cry at their ears, or waves break loud on the seashores. Where blew a flower, may a flower no more lift its head to the blows of the rain. Though they be mad and dead as nails, heads of the characters hammer through daisies, break in the sun till the sun breaks down, and death shall have no dominion. I have some questions about this poem. Uh, Dylan Thomas, born 1914 on this day, died 1953, lived a relatively short life. Uh, he was just 39 when he died. Even in that time, he managed to establish himself uh, as uh, one of the great, uh, not just important, but popular living poets. Uh, he's best known for uh, his poem, Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night. And perhaps after that for uh, his wonderful uh Radio broadcast turned uh, children's book, A Child's Christmas in Wales, which is absolutely lovely. One of my favorite Christmas books. He also, however, uh, developed, some might even say cultivated, uh, a reputation as uh, a little bit of a carouser and uh, also a melancholy figure, which may or may not come out uh, in this poem. I say I have questions about it because I'm not sure at every moment or uh, in every line or stanza whether this is meant to be an optimistic uh, or a melancholic poem. By the time I get to the end of the third stanza, uh, I'm struggling to read the images as uh, in a positive light and uh, begin to wonder if the word dominion here uh, means not power or domination, but kingdom. And death shall have no domain, no kingdom. Uh, because the third stanza in particular seems to picture a lot of general destruction and death and breaking up, uh, as if to say, it's not just man who will die, everything will vanish, and there will be nothing left for death to rule over. Uh, the earlier stanzas, though, complicate that. Uh, there's the uh, 
mention at the or the assurance at the end of stanza two that in spite of uh, literal or metaphorical tortures, they, those being tortured, shan't crack. Or near the end of the first stanza, though lovers be lost, love shall not. Uh, those seem more uh, positive, uh, uh, though perhaps not a comfort to uh, those lovers who are lost, <laughs> uh, but maybe to those who remain, uh, the fact that love itself will remain too, uh, is in fact a comfort. I am instinctively, I'm comparing this poem in my mind to uh, another great poem on death, uh, John Donne's holy sonnet, Death Be Not Proud. But they're strikingly different in that uh, Donne's whole poem is a list of uh, logical reasons why death uh, ought not be proud. And there's less logic in, in uh, Thomas's poem here. Uh, there's some great images, uh, some that are uh, rather inscrutable, but still intriguing. Uh, those who have their bones picked clean, and their clean bones gone, they shall have stars at elbow and foot. Uh, but it's also images like those that make me uh, think there's a kind of uh, disappointing reality one layer down from Thomas's optimism, uh, whereas uh, Dunn's poem is uh, theologically charged and concludes with uh, the confident statement that uh, death will have no power because death will not last uh, for those who enter into it. That there will be a, a second and unending life uh, for those who have died. Here, uh, Thomas's great hope seems to be in uh, atomization, the comfort he can offer to those whose bones are picked clean and whose <laughs> clean bones are gone is simply that their particles might mingle with stars, uh, which might be a comforting thought to you now, but I can't imagine it will do you much good when you are particles. Nevertheless, uh, it's a lovely collection of images. even if it ends up being uh, little more than an ode to uh, the law of conservation of mass. Uh, perhaps there's more going on, though. Uh, one of the things that I love about a good poem uh, is not that poems prefer questions to answers. I don't have a lot of patience for that idea. Uh, but that poems uh, are not in a hurry to force an answer. And there's an important distinction there. One last note about the structure of this poem uh, is arranged in three stanzas, and each stanza is bookended by uh, the refrain, and death shall have no dominion. Each stanza has an odd number of lines uh, as well, and when those features are all present together, the bookends and the odd number of lines, uh, it can suggest the presence of a literary or poetic a pattern known as a chiasm or chiasmus. Uh, this is really common in 
especially Hebrew poetry, uh, like like the poetry of the um, Old Testament scriptures. Uh, but it's uh, used elsewhere. I can't confirm uh, whether Thomas uh, is employing it in, uh, instinctively or intentionally. But uh, I think even the suggestion uh, creates the opportunity for a fun uh, reading of the poem uh, because a chiastic structure can allow you to, uh, well, what a chiastic structure is meant to do is uh, cordon off a unit of thought between the two bookending statements that are either um, the same or similar. Uh, and then also direct your attention to uh, whatever comes in the exact center of the chiastic structure. But it also uh, can allow for a kind of spiral reading where you read the outer lines as a pair and then you move inward uh, by pairs until you get to the uh, center lines, alternating top, bottom, top, bottom, moving your way towards the middle. I find that it produces uh, a not unenjoyable reading of uh, Thomas's poem here. And so I'm going to attempt it uh, for the second read. Here is, and death shall have no dominion uh, one more time, read chiastically. And death shall have no dominion, and death shall have no dominion. Dead man naked, they shall be one. Though lovers be lost, love shall not. With the man in the wind and the west moon, though they sink through the sea, they shall rise again. When their bones are picked clean and the clean bones gone, though they go mad, they shall be sane. They shall have stars at elbow and foot. And death shall have no dominion, and death shall have no dominion. Under the windings of the sea, split all ends up, they shan't crack. They lying long shall not die windily, and the unicorn evils run them through. Twisting on racks when sinews give way, faith in their hands shall snap in two. Strapped to a wheel, yet they shall not break. And death shall have no dominion, and death shall have no dominion. No more may gulls cry at their ears, break in the sun till the sun breaks down or waves break loud on the seashores, heads of the characters hammer through daisies. Where blew a flower, may a flower no more, though they be mad and dead as nails, lift its head to the blows of the rain. I don't know, it's worth a shot. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another poem for you. In the meantime, you can listen to past episodes or support this show by visiting dailypoempod.substack.com. On behalf of our whole team at Goldberry Studios, I'm Sean Johnson. Until next time, happy reading.